your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome. Whoop. <laughs> I do it every time. Welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. It changes my whole my whole momentum, my whole like way of just approaching the hour now. It takes me. Okay, now you're good. My hat now. It changes the whole intro. To yeah, because I was gonna be upbeat, happy, and then you throw this Western theme at me, and then I just and it's <laughs> and it's snowing out, and it's kind of awful. Oh, it's nasty out there. The roads are nasty. The wind is nasty. It's that type of snow that doesn't sort of come down in one swoop. It comes down a little bit at a time and just continuously messes things up and it's never gonna stop like it's going to go until well, the last time i looked like midnight or so because i, I yeah, want we've got a little bit to go in terms of the snowstorm all i've been doing is shoveling the driveway today and then yeah, you got more shoveling ahead of you right and i get my driveway is 100 yards long and not just one lane and then i get done and i'm like all right well i guess i'll do this again in two hours <laughs> The benefits of renting. That's, yeah. That's the one benefit. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple benefits, but that's one of them. Snow removal, lawn care. You don't get your own. Uh, you don't get your own shoveler, so to speak. You hearing that? Or yeah. Not? Is that me? Yeah. I don't know. A little feedback. I don't know if you can hear that in the radio. It's going to mess with us the whole time. All right, coming up. That you know what I should do, Chagoski, is I should introduce you. I take for take advantage or take for granted that you're on here every Friday. Uh, that's UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski. Uh We got a couple of things um, on the docket. Uh, you know, I added this one. This wasn't part of our like you know ongoing text thread where we throw things at each other to talk about. But Tommy Thompson, we missed this last week. We missed this one. Tommy Thompson kind of announcing he wants to run for governor. I talked to William Garcia, the Democratic Party chair. It's a podcast we'll release in a couple of days, just about this too, a little bit. So I kind of know where he's coming from he actually but um that's one thing uh mike lindell my pillow ceo guy says 300 million people should be jailed for yeah. voter fraud 300 you, you million? want to be cellmates 300 million there are 330 million people here right does that mean only th- is it just then 30 million people voted for donald trump and that's it is that how th- i and don't understand. They, and they get to be the jailers yeah <laughs> they get to be the guards 300 million people which means you know most of the nation would be in jail man is mike lindell got some private prison stock is that what's going on that must be it <laughs> the my pillow guy what is what is actually happening here is my pillow guy wants you know free advertising from me and you to sure. say my pillow yep uh, the Michigan. This is probably going to be maybe the the big part of the talk today. Michigan Attorney General asked the feds to investigate fake GOP electors, which has now trickled down into Wisconsin. Fake GOP elector, electors. Uh, attorney General Josh Call, right? He's the Attorney General here in Wisconsin. Uh, he said on false electors that the feds should prosecute any actions that further seditious conspiracy. Um, we had this. Uh, we had a story about this uh, about a year and a month ago, right? Last yeah. December. Yeah. So let's back up. So on December fourteenth, two thousand and twenty, over a year ago, there were ten Wisconsin Republicans who gathered and certified that Donald Trump had won the state's ten electoral votes. Of well, course. let's not deep dive into this yet because we're just we're, we're going to just I know you. I know we oh, want to tease. That's the tease. That's, the I know, tease that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, what happens I, next after they do that. 
And this happened in December, so it happened before January 6th, it and did. you and I, in that uh, around that time after that happened, we were talking about how uh, it was cute. That's cute. Yeah. They're going to play pretend. Yeah, they're just playing pretend to cast their electoral votes. So that'll be a, that, that's a, that'll probably take up uh, quite a bit of the conversation uh, coming up here, but also, uh, you know, just some more politics, politics news, political news. Uh, where is it? Uh, drop boxes. For ballots, we're not going to be nope. able to put drop boxes out so people could just drive by and throw their ballot. Also, not just anyone. So if you and I were roommates and you were headed to, even if you were headed to City Hall, hey, I'm going to go drop my ballot off. You couldn't well, drop if we, my... If we've been released from our my pillow jail cell so we can go drop off our ballot. <laughs> and then, the, so you can't just take your mine with you? Because, uh, because... No. So essentially, this court ruling by a Waukesha County Circuit Court judge, it means that absentee ballots must be returned in person or by mail, but not in a ballot drop box. It's such a shame that this didn't happen in Kenosha County where uh, Ben Schroeder Schroeder, uh, was the judge that ruled this, because that would be great. The the Kenosha, you know, the Rittenhouse (laughs) judge. I don't know. that guy, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know. It would have been fun. Um, all right, and then you know maybe if it's not the cosplay that uh, Republican electors in across the, what five different states, if that's not the main part of our talk, then it will be the South Dakota guy who made some <laughs> brownies, and then uh, Grandma or Mom, yeah, Granny, his, his Grandma found a thing of brownies, yeah, and took them to the community center. Isn't that nice? I don't know. What's Grandma doing taking my brownies? Well, it's a thoughtful gesture on I the mean, part of Granny. She sees these brownies on the kitchen table and says, well, why don't I just bring them to my pals at the senior center? Yes, and uh, lo and behold... Oh, there's a twist. Lo and behold, those brownies, not exactly brownies, and we don't even have to tell you where we're going with there this was, one. But there's a secret ingredient in those brownies. Is this pent-up gran- Grandma rage from all the all those years of her making cookies and brownies, and then you know you probably had this. You go to grandma's house, and there's there's some cookies on the counter, and you just take them, even if they're not for you. You're just great because you're grandma's. It's free to, free for all. And now it's time for payback. I see some brownies on my son's kitchen table, and I'm taking those things. Yeah, and uh, yeah, a little bit of an issue with the brownies. A little bit of an issue. All there. right, that's uh, Dr. Anthony Jagoski. We're going to take a break. We'll let Brad do the news, and then we'll come back and uh, do some more brownie talk. Man, we, should we even do uh, Cat Talk Radio, too? Maybe no, let's just bit. do Brownie Talk. Brownie Talk. All right, we'll be back. And although this way All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Trying to fix that little feedback thingy. I think we might have got it. Just know you're not no, well, now I can't hear you. <laughs> so now you're unplugged. All right, try again. Welcome back. <laughs> no, put it in that one. Oh, yeah, listen to that feedback. All right, so as we get Trigoski's mic, try to figure that out. He's working on it. Just uh, no no big deal. Any of those, Trigoski. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Pot Brownies. And, uh, oh, I bust, I, uh, 
yeah, it's not. It's not working either. Hmm. You gotta carry the show, Rick. <laughs> I'm trying to figure, trying to figure out what uh what exactly the problem is. Oh, there's a button. Turn it on. How about that? Booyah. <laughs> yeah, turning the mic on is always a good approach. That happened to me one other time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known it. Yeah, so, there we go. Uh, the secret button, because my mic doesn't have a button. Anyway, welcome back. Now we're good. Uh, I I I, uh, I threw the. Uh, I, well, I was gonna say I I I gave up the the code there. Pop brownies. I said it. Oh yeah. So we gave gave away the teas. Like yeah. what was the secret ingredient in those brownies? Yeah. So pop brownies is what the guy and I think everybody who knows anything about uh, brownie brownie talk. Oh, we do brownie maybe talk. There are there some secret ingredients? I don't, I don't know. Like uh, what else would there be in brownies besides almonds? Because that would, are a good secret ingredient. That would that would enrage me as well. If I took my brownies to the community center and everyone's like, "There's almonds in here," that would you 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 a fan of like almonds See, and brownies? Do people have strong feelings about almonds and brownies? Well, just in general, when you know these these treats that you get and you expect one thing, and then I mean the easiest one is raisin cookies, right? Oatmeal raisin sure. cookies when you're expecting chocolate chip. Sure. Uh, anything, any any kind of nut in a cookie, I mean, just get out of here. Put chocolate chips in it or don't make the cookie at all. That's my feeling. Hey, I like oatmeal raisin cookies, so maybe I'm one of the few people on the planet who would actually be happy. Just if... turn. Just hit the, hit the <laughs> button. Hit the mic off Hit the button. <laughs> hit the mic button again. We don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. We'll work on that. The the phone is, yeah. Well, someone was trying to call. Call me back. Probably hung up on you. Um. All right. So that 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 was funny, right? Like the community center gets these pot brownies. So what are there? A bunch of old senior citizens running around high on pot brownies. Is that how that goes? So what happens is that the old ladies at the senior center eat the brownies that this person bought. Well, and then, have you ever had pot brownies? Is this, you uh, can't, I'm not you can't going to say. It. I'm I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. Okay, I'm I've not never going had, to say either way. I've never had anything pot edible pot, but I would imagine I've had pot back in the day, probably twenty some years ago. And I will say, I, I just I didn't like it because it just made me hungry. So I can't imagine that if there were pot brownies. Of just eating a couple because I would just get hungry and then want to eat more pot brownies. And I don't know what happens when somebody does too much pot. Do they just pass out? You can't OD on pot. So I'm not quite sure what happens, but I would probably just fall over from too many pot brownies. Well, there were reports of possible poisonings at this community center in South Dakota. The police investigated and they arrested the person who made the brownies, Michael Caranda who is 46 years of age, and he faces possible felony charges for this. Yeah. Which I just don't think is right. Yeah, it's one of those deals where you probably... We're South Dakota, so South Dakota probably doesn't have medical marijuana. Probably very strict. Yeah. uh, I was having this conversation uh, in in the last day, the idea that Michigan pot is completely legal, Canada pot's completely legal, Illinois pot's completely legal, Minnesota and, and Iowa, even Iowa, has medical marijuana. And in Wisconsin, we don't even talk about whether or not we should even think about having a discussion about making pot even medically legal. We don't even have that talk. Why don't we right. have that talk here? 
Well, because the Republicans in the state legislature have put their foot down and said absolutely not to recreational usage of marijuana. There is some possibility for movement, I think, on medical marijuana. I don't think much of anything is going to happen this year in the election year, but it's possible that in the future you could see some legislation on medical marijuana, maybe in a limited form, but these discussions in Wisconsin are very limited in nature because the state legislature on the whole is so anti-marijuana. The state legislature is anti-marijuana, but the state is But the public is generally in favor of legalization of marijuana and is especially in favor of legalizing medical marijuana. Yeah, the, the, I would say the public is like, hey, government, we don't need you telling us what we can and can't do. Yeah, <laughs> the, and the polling reflects that. I mean, the public has come around on this issue. The change in public opinion on marijuana has been dramatic over the last 20 years or so. Now a majority of the public favors legalization of marijuana for recreational usage and a mega 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 majority of the public favors the legalization of marijuana for medical consumption all right as the political science professor what is this uh, what is there a strategy why would republicans in the state not just go oh i see that my this isn't hurting them or helping them in any is it because law and order and we got to toe the line with we love police therefore for some reason marijuana legalization is something the police probably would be a little bit harder to they would have to deal with it a little bit more because you know people might be drunking or uh, smoking and driving at some point but I, th- there's no the, the strategy seems like a loser here hey if you guys flipped on marijuana the democrats couldn't go hey we're pro marijuana and you guys are anti there would be no the fight that and the democrats in wisconsin have used this as an opportunity to claim the mantle of the pro marijuana party it, which is smart for them to do it was in the governor's budget that the republicans exactly. threw away right it's a going it's going to be a smart campaigning approach for Tony Evers, for example. I'm sure he's going to be campaigning on this. I'm sure Democrats up and down the ballot are going to be campaigning on this because it is such a contrast with the Republicans. Within the Republican Party, I do think you have an internal divide on this issue for the reasons you mentioned, Rick. And as a result of this internal divide, the party leaders just want to avoid the issue entirely. They don't want to create a family feud. They don't want to create internal friction. So they're just going to focus on other issues, and the Democrats are going to see how much gain they can get by focusing on this issue. Yeah, because it's not like police don't have to deal with people who are using marijuana and drive or, you know, whatever. That's the one. That's kind of the one place I go with this. But um, and there's got to be enough evidence in the United States and other states, not Illinois, Michigan, because they just flipped this, you know, or even Canada, because they, you know, they what in the past year or two, uh, Canada went completely legal. But like Washington, uh, Colorado, those are the two. I think those are the two that went to le- completely legalizing uh, recreational marijuana first. There must be enough evidence to go over there and go, oh, look at all the money they're bringing in for through the state by taxing, right? Like just the way we would do cigarettes or alcohol. And, you know, here's here's the negative effects of it as well. And if Wisconsin did want to design a program or a law for legal marijuana, like you said, Rick, there's plenty of examples that we can work off of. We can take the lessons from these other states that have tried and maybe failed or succeeded in certain ways. So at this point, I think if Wisconsin were to pursue legalizing marijuana in some way, shape, or form, we would have a lot of data to work with to design a successful program because lots of states have already gone down that road. Well, you know where I wanted to turn your mic off earlier? 
Travis texts in, walnuts and brownies are awesome. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you guys. Thank you, Travis. You guys are both on marijuana, <laughs> I tell you. Maybe stop with the pot brownies, you guys. 608-785-7914. Anyone else got any zingers? Um, uh, let's see here. Mike, maybe Mike Lindell is one I, I of need... the three million, three million, three hundred million people that needs to be jailed. Mike Lindell uh, uh, threatening to jail three hundred million people because of election fraud. Hey, I need people to back me up on this uh, walnut thing. You're leading so, the witnesses so here. You're text, leading the listeners. Te- text in and show Rick that lots of us like walnuts and and nuts of various types and brownies. You're a nut. Six zero eight seven eight. I shouldn't even give the number now because it's just the pro- give the number. Trigoski propaganda here. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the dog and text line. Um, what else did I have on this list that just you know the, the a couple of? Oh, well, we got to talk about the state representative in oh, Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Do you so a t- state rep is at a basketball game in Tennessee, and what what was the incident that caused him to do the thing that you know I haven't done ever, but. Uh, probably had done to me in eighth grade at some point when I was kind of an awkward uh, preteen. So according to, let's see, this is WJHL television in Tennessee. Immediately prior to the incident, let's just call it, the video that uh, emerged of this incident shows players jostling for a loose ball before referees separated them. Two players, one from each team, were assessed technical fouls for unsportsmanlike conduct. And then high school game, right? High school game, and then enter the state representative. Do we know his name? Uh, clearly, it's a man. It's always a man when this stuff happens. Every time, it's a man. Jeremy Faison. I'm, uh, you know, where we go critical race theory and we talk about whites versus blacks. I'm just doing uh, critical sex theory here. All these things are always. We never see a woman do this. No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yell at the refs. But uh, so this, this is a state rep. What, what, what would be the representative? Would it? Would this be like a Steve Doyle? Or he, he's a member of the leadership. He's a Republican member of the leadership in the Tennessee state legislature. So is he an elected rep? Just like yeah, okay, yeah. So, so this would be like Robin Voss, maybe. Doing <laughs> right. This. That's what I'm saying. Like Steve Doyle's at an Alaska basketball yeah. game, and the ref, the ref. Uh, Makes a call that disagrees with you know, with a uh, questionable call. Questionable call that goes against the Hilltopper. Steve Doyle representing on Alaska in his district uh, is pro Hilltopper, and they're let's just say they're playing Rochester, so even more a Minnesota team. Uh, and then Steve Doyle runs onto the onto the. Now this it, it, Steve Doyle isn't doing this, but like uh, this rep in Tennessee did what? Representative Faison runs on the court. And he's asked to leave the basketball court. He becomes hostile and says, you can't tell me to leave the floor. This was your fault, pointing menacingly at the referee. And then what happens? And then he grabs one of the referee's pants and tries to pull them down. Okay, when you say grabs one of the referee's pants, that makes it sound like the ref's wearing multiple pants. One of the referees, the pair of pants that one of the referees was wearing, he attempts to pants the referee. (laughs) It was ultimately, Rick, an unsuccessful pants. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when's the you, you so you grow up as a, a nerdy political science guy which just i'm categorizing you as when you grow up you're, are you a sports kid in the high school are oh, I you play basketball yeah. you are okay so because i'm i'm just thinking maybe at some point i'm doing say by the bell screech here your screech at, at some point in time have you ever been pants i've never been pants i have never been pants and i don't know what i would do if i saw my state representative storming on the basketball court at a high school game trying 
trying to pants a referee. Yeah, and this is – well, you know, almost maybe thank goodness he was trying to pants a referee because, he, God forbid, if he tried to pants like the other <laughs> the other kid on the team. Uh, you know, take that back. I have been pants. I've definitely been pants, you know, at like a friend's get-together. That That's happened. So I had shorts on under my sweatpants. Though. So this is – I mean, we talk a lot and we hear a lot about all of the hostility that referees face and how there's this big shortage of referees because you have to deal with this kind of junk. But I feel like this is a whole new level of – hostility towards referees yeah and then why are you as a state rep pantsing referees like what is like are you what are you yeah what are did you doing he, was he at the community center earlier in the day did he have a couple of pop brownies before <laughs> he, he may, went to this maybe high school he was with the grannies i mean at this point like when that happens please get involved and please the police because at that point you have to like give him a like a drinking and driving one of those, you know, sobriety tests. They're making blowing a breathalyzer. Well, he issued an apology on social media saying, I acted the fool tonight and lost my temper on a ref. I was bad wrong. Yeah, bad wrong. All right, we got a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse, political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, and myself, Rick Solomon, here having some pop brownies. <laughs> Wait, what? Discussion of pot brownies. We're doing this show live from Michigan, though, so it's fine. No big deal. 608-785-7914. The police are outside right now just waiting to apprehend us now since we're uh, going to check us for pot. All right, we, we teased the show beginning beginning of the show just about this uh, this idea that – so a year ago in December, we, we, we had some fun with this. I called it cosplay. The Republicans – Electors that people what nominated to be electors in Wisconsin, ten Democrats and ten Republicans, and then based on who won the presidential election, those ten people would get to go to Madison and and certify the election, right? Is Cast that- the official electoral votes for Wisconsin and send them off to Washington to be counted. Okay, because Wisconsin has ten electoral votes. Do yep. we lose or gain any based on uh, the census? Nope, still nope. ten. Still ten. So uh, you know, Democrats, you know, do that, but also. The Republicans decided to have their own little, uh, you know, at at that time, I thought it was just a show. I thought it was cosplay, so to speak. Hey, we're going to go pretend to do this. So Donald Trump wins the election because, you know, we want to we want to cast doubt into our our democracy and our electoral system and and how votes are, you know, counted and and done. We just want to throw another wrench into this, you know, gear into these gears and we made fun about. It. We had fun with it. I thought it was. I thought it was cute. I think at one point I called it. Oh, that's cute. They get to go and they're going to go and, and play that role. You know, that's a nice little pretend game for them. Um, and now it's not so cute, huh? It's not so cute, no, uh, because this could be part of the broader investigation into the events of January 6th. Like you said, Rick, this happened before January 6th, so we lacked that context when we saw this weird situation of Republicans, 10 of them gathering in Madison, casting electoral votes for Donald Trump, even though Joe Biden had been the winner in Wisconsin. So we didn't know quite what to make of it. We thought it was funny. We thought it was a bit of a joke. But now we have the documents uh, uh, based on some uh, so, some investigation that a group was doing. We have the actual documents of these 
people casting electoral votes or purporting to cast electoral votes, claiming to be the legitimate electoral votes of Wisconsin. So I don't know where this goes, but this has been more and more in the media conversation about the 2020 election, the January 6th investigation. Could the January 6th commission be looking into this? Could law enforcement, legislative officials, uh, and state officials be looking into this as, you know, something that uh, is of interest to them, just based on the fact that you have documents transmitted to Washington, D.C., claiming to be the true electoral votes of Wisconsin, but they're not. And this happened in other states as well. Yeah, because we have this thing that happened in December, and at that time we made fun of it, and we thought it was, you know, I don't even know if we made fun of it. We thought it was kind of silly, uh, unnecessary. And then a a month later, January 6th happens, and they try to, uh, what do we we call that, decertify? They call it an insurrection, but we, we were trying to decertify Mike Pence uh, turning over power to Joe Biden, essentially. Is that a better way? Is yeah, there a better way? To- yeah, this was about counting the electoral votes yeah. on January 6th. So these things that were being done in these, these documents that were being prepared in Madison would then be sent to Washington, D.C. They would be counted up on January 6th to count the electoral votes and certify a winner of the presidential election. Yeah, so if if the insurrection happens the way – and part of this is like, okay, now this thing happened on January 6th. Well, what was going on a month ago with these fake electors for these Republican electors in Wisconsin going to Madison – to, did they know something was happening? This is the conspiracy at this plan. At this point, this is a conspiracy, right? Like we're talking. Uh, did they know? Was there a plan when they did this in December that on January sixth something was going to happen where their cosplay of casting uh, Republican uh, votes for Donald Trump in Wisconsin to be president? Did they know that something was going to happen on January sixth? And what is notable uh, about this is that this happened in seven states. So there may have been some coordination. I'm sure that's something that investigators are looking into. And, Rick, what's notable about Wisconsin, along with four other states, this is from a Wisconsin Examiner article. It says the signatures appeared on the document that cast 10 electoral votes for Donald Trump, even though that wasn't the actual outcome. The document said, we the undersigned, being the duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America from the state of Wisconsin, do do hereby certify the following. But those were not the actual duly elected and qualified electors. So the question is, what happens when you have people who are claiming to be the duly elected and qualified people casting electoral votes for Wisconsin, but they're not? And also the documents are, were forged and, and very, very close to what the actual documents look like, right? Something, yeah. There's something to that, too, as well, right? There could be. I mean, these were in the format that you would normally use when you are casting the official electoral votes from a state. So you have people who have signed on to this forged document saying, we are the 10 official electors from Wisconsin. We are casting the 10 official electoral votes for Donald Trump. And all of that was not reality. Yeah, and I will say, you know, a lot of this stuff seems like out there. Right? It, it is it, out, it, frankly, it is out there. Yeah, like like it's 
are we even, are we, you know, we talked about this last week. Are we even going to see any of this stuff for a decade, you know? But what, why, why is this relevant in its, A, it's relevant in Wisconsin, but it's also relevant right here in the 3rd Congressional District in La Crosse County itself because Bill Feehan, the La Crosse County Republican Party chair, the 3rd Congressional District Republican Party chair, is one of these signatures. He's the one. We have a story from December 15th about him traveling to Madison to do this. Yeah, and it is worth taking seriously if people are claiming to be the official electoral vote casters and they're not i mean the whole ball game in a presidential election is who gets the most electoral votes that's what it comes down to we know that the popular vote doesn't matter in presidential elections it's all about who gets the majority of electoral votes and you said it was in seven states wisconsin being one of the seven uh, the other six states probably uh, states that would have flipped one way. It's not exactly. like uh, California. California probably wasn't one of these no, because no, we know. No. Yep. You know what I mean? It was it was definitely these states where we didn't know the outcome was going to be for Joe Biden or for President Trump. Y- right? Yeah, it was states that were targeted for overturning the outcome of the election. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 608-785-7914. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot more we could do. The, uh, Wisconsin Attorney General, we could talk about, but Wisconsin Attorney General Josh Call is, is this is kind of, this is just starting. So the attorney general is starting to what look into this or whatever. Yeah. Josh call said that he was going to look into this. It's, probable that the January 6th commission in Congress is looking into this. It's probable that other officials in other states are looking into this. We are, as you said, Rick, at the very beginning because these documents have just come to light and we're seeing just how these sort of alternate electors, I don't even know if that's the right word. Cosplay. Cosplay make-believe electors were trying to transmit documents to Congress saying, no, 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 actually, Donald Trump won our state. So I don't know what to make of it at this point, other than you have documents that are falsely claiming to cast electoral votes for one candidate when, in fact, the other candidate won. Yeah, and is and part of that con- conspiracy at this point is, did they know something was going to happen on January 6th? Were they... Was this all part of a coordinated plan? And I guess that's what the January 6th committee is looking into. And uh, also, if they find something, will we ever get to know? I always just go to John F. Kennedy's assassination. I feel like we still don't know, even though I think they released documents on that this year. But we still don't know anything. They love to drag their feet. The government loves to drag its feet on those Kennedy document releases. (laughs) One one every presidential uh, term, right? Yeah. All right, 608-785-7914. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Tommy Thompson a little bit. And also, uh, UW. so two things with Tommy Thompson. UW system, he's stepping down as the president. Is it called president there? And uh, he might maybe run for governor. And also, who's going to be the UW system president? All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line, the talk line, if you want to get in here. And tell me that if you're if there's raisins in your cookies, just get the H out of here. Uh, Sarge texts in walnuts and brownies. Rock triple exclamation point. Not all caps, but triple exclamation. Well, point. here's the next question for our texters: Like we need to show Rick that oatmeal raisin cookies are great. That's unbelievable. Oatmeal uh, raisin fans, you got to stand up for me. And getting back to our marijuana talk, Carl texts in, one should not have to go to Michigan to partake in pot brownies. Maybe Manchin would support legal cannabis. Joe Manchin, is he talking about Joe Manchin? Uh, I don't, 
I don't think so. I don't think Joe Manchin is supporting legalizing marijuana. Also, you don't have to go to Michigan. What's faster, going to Illinois probably from here to get to? Go, yeah, probably. You go to Upper Michigan, I guess. I don't know. Sure. See, that seems like about a four or five hour drive. Yeah, go to Illinois. Carl, if you want to get some pot brownies without getting uh, arrested for it. Also, if your pot brownies are under like 25 grams in La Crosse County, I think it's 25 grams. Uh, it's only a dollar five. Just be careful with those grams. <laughs> I don't know how that works with grams of pot brownie. Like, here's yeah. like I have a tray of pot brownie. I, I, I have no idea how much a gram of pot, you know, like the, yeah. the, what does the gram of pot look like? It might not, it might not be 25. Maybe it is a gram. I forget. I was looking at this the other day. But um, all right. So a couple of things. Tommy Thompson stepping down as the UW system president. Yeah, really, really sad about that. I think he's done a fantastic job as UW system president. Of course, he's had that. All, he's had that that water skiing accident, right? Like that's probably the like one of the most memorable things that has happened. Like seventy nine year old man yeah. now eighty gets a hurts his. I believe he hurt his shoulder or his elbow and had to have surgery. It's a post on Facebook: I'm having surgery in a couple of hours because of a water skiing accident. Um, Candace texts in, Professor has skipped from being a dad. You're going to be a dad here in, what, seven months? Yeah, uh, Bree is – my Bree, my wife, is 24 weeks pregnant as of today. You've skipped from being a dad right to being a grandpa by liking <laughs> oatmeal raisin cookies. My dad, my dad, who is also a grandpa, also a 70-year-old man, likes uh, – there's oatmeal raisin cookies right now on the counter at my house, not chocolate chips. So congratulations, Grandpa Tregoski, on loving oatmeal raisin. Um, okay, Tommy Thompson. Let's. Uh, so yeah, I just wonder if Tommy Thompson is doing any downhill snow skiing right now at, yeah. at all. Is it? I, I love Tommy Thompson. I've made no secret of that. I have a lot of admiration for Tommy Thompson. He's done a great job as UW system president. This is only because you're a conservative hack job. Because I'm a conservative it, hack. I right. like Tommy Thompson. You know. He's done an extraordinary job leading the UW system through a very difficult time where we have a state legislature that is often skeptical, suspicious, or downright hostile towards higher education. He's also been able to deal with COVID, of course. He's been president throughout almost the entire pandemic. He's led the university system really, really well. It'll be sad to see him go. He's talked about maybe running for governor. I mean, he's 80, but Joe Biden is almost 80. So why the heck not? And Bernie Sanders would be like 84, I think, or something yeah. by the time he would be running for, for president. Um, and, and Governor Evers is 70? Governor Evers is 70. Yeah. So, man, we just need some younger candidates to run that are competent. And We'll and, take anyone under 70 at this point, I guess. But does, does Tommy Thompson say he's not going to be the UW system president because he wants to run for governor? Well, that's what he was hinting at in an interview recently. It seems like he was just sort of hinting at it, not really being serious. We'll see, though. We know that Tommy can kind of change his plans on a moment's notice. That's what he loved about being governor, I've heard in talking with him. He loved that he could come up with an idea in the morning and have people working on it by that afternoon. So he could be really quick on his feet. He could have all these ideas, have people working on him. That's what made him so successful as governor, that he just had all of these great ideas. He could get people to work on them. He could be innovative. He could be nimble. He could be pragmatic and actually not believe that his political opponents were his his born enemies. As somebody that's going to be could run against Governor Tony Evers in, a, in an election, he'd, he would have to pass the primary, obviously. That'd and be I would the say, toughest part, honestly, like getting through the primary. Well, you know, and Rebecca Clayfish is very much 
further to the right, I I believe than Tommy Thompson. So who can you can you just play armchair armchair quarterback so to speak and like who who wins in a Clayfish versus Tommy Thompson battle in this statewide election? If right? Tommy Thompson were running for governor, he would surely win the general election. But I am not at all confident that he could win the Republican nomination. Oh, okay. So wait. So are his chances better at beating Evers or better at beating Clayfish? His chances would be far better in beating Tony Evers than in beating Rebecca Clayfish for the nomination. Really? His obstacle would be getting the nomination. If he got the Republican nomination, he would win easily. I just don't know that he can even get the Republican nomination. All right. That's interesting. That totally surprises me because Rebecca Clayfish seems very far right. So you're saying that Republicans in Wisconsin that vote for this stuff are are more in tune with the message that Rebecca Clayfish has with on like critical race theory and law and order and yeah, going after protesters. I do. I do. I think Rebecca Clayfish understands the Republican base. I think Tommy Thompson is from a prior generation of Republican politicians. Rebecca Clayfish is more the current generation of Republican politicians. So she understands what animates the Republican base. She understands things like how to use critical race theory, how to use law and order. I think she would win the nomination. But if Tommy Thompson did get the nomination, he'd win for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Why is that? Because people down the middle don't – they're just going to flip to somebody new? Because the people in the middle would for sure vote for Tommy Thompson, I believe. And all of the Republicans would vote for him because he's the Republican candidate. Does so, a, so I was talking to William Garcia, the Democratic Party chair, and this will be in our Monday podcast. But does Tommy Thompson – some of the stuff that's been proposed in the state legislature, like – uh, the abortion plans, these really far right plans that, you know, a lot of people, I think, in the state just roll their eyes to. And, and I think uh, Steve Doyle has even called this a culture war. These these things that are proposed that aren't they have no no they're not going to get passed. But if there was a Republican governor like Tommy Thompson, would he even veto some of these things? I think Tommy would face some tough questions there. I think Tommy's instincts are to be relatively moderate and pragmatic. But in working with a Republican-controlled legislature, he would be under pressure to sign some hardline laws into place. That could be a challenge for him in a campaign. Again, I don't think he's actually going to run, but this is a way to sort of game out how his candidacy would work. And frankly, the challenges he would face from within his own party. All right. And then on the flip side of this, the UW system, the Jim Schmidt is uh, chancellor at UW-Eau Claire. Is it Jim Schmidt? Is this one of those? Yeah, from UW-Eau Claire. I was really pleased to see him as one of the two finalists for the UW system presidency, reminding people that there are other schools in the UW system besides Madison. So it's great to see someone from one of the branch campuses, some of the, one of the so-called branch campuses, get consideration for this leadership role. Yeah, the other guy is Jay Rothman out of uh, Milwaukee, a CEO of the Fo- Foley and Lardner law firm. No, is that, did I get right, that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, not familiar with him, but it seems like there's a choice here between someone who has not been in higher education versus someone who has spent his career in higher education. So yeah, and, quite the contrast. And Jim Schmidt has ties to this area. He was the, uh, He's hired from Winona State, where he ran the WSU Foundation. He's a Winona grad. Uh, just uh, just regionally, it sounds like it would be a big win for us to get Jim Schmidt there. Yeah, and he's from Caledonia, so he's from yeah. right here in the area. Yeah. So, all right.